You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Good. Okay, too, too much. Good evening, Rifters. This is the Rifts and Rules, the 5e D&D podcast. We go to many 5e books and talk about various rules and haunted gameplay experience. I'm Nathan, the Dungeon Master of Riftwake. And I'm Remy, a player on Riftwake and a Dungeon Master myself. And today we're here to talk about worship. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Nathan, what is worship? Something I don't do. But what is it? It's uh, when somebody uh, puts their hands together and thinks really, really hard about a thing and then they, that they really want to happen. And then they like find something to place that on. And then, and then they think it happens, right? Then that's worship. <sighs> Truly, you have a way with words. <laughs> a bad way. Every time. Uh. Also, you need to just use nouns more. What, what you always just nouns? say a thing or hope for something or to something. You're kind of missing the point. Uh. And the point is deities. Worship is something that is usually directed at a deity. What is a deity? Uh, more specifically, though, worship is to show reverence and adoration for a deity, to honor with religious rites. Well, what is a deity is a much more complicated question that we're not going to get into today because I don't want to. That will be an episode in its own <laughs> right at some point in the future. But what is worship and how worship is done is something worth consideration. So, Nathan, generally speaking, there are quite a few deities that exist in a Dungeons & Dragons world. However, somewhat oddly in my opinion... There does tend to be a lot of focus on the clerics and paladins and just to look at things from the adventurer perspective mm -hmm. and not just the perspective of these beings generally in a D&D world are known to exist. It is not quite as faith-based a system in a D&D world because right. there's a lot more direct evidence. Again, more often than not, your world like, may whoa. vary. There's a that's there's God sitting right on that rock over there. He, yeah, he goes out it, and gets a beer every afternoon, <laughs> and 
and then sometimes you know he 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 gets close to uh a lady occasionally once every hundred years then he's really sad when when she dies but then he gets better after a couple of year couple of years i guess you know how it be <laughs> maybe maybe that is how some particular deity does work in your world and you can just make that choice but again uh, that was more from the deity perspective right but what i want to focus on here today is worship so nathan how mm-hmm. is it that in our world how are deities worship uh how are how were you can be a little more flexible with that okay i have no idea because i i barely any idea on any religion stuff the the best i am aware of is buddhism which isn't exactly very traditional abrahamic i mean you mentioned one thing at the start <laughs> what like like praying? prayer <laughs> prayer yeah. prayer is a form of worship i, I guess it is <laughs> literally taking time and mental focus to devote your attention on a deity that is absolutely a form of worship okay there are absolutely some people who this is probably phrased badly and i apologize but there are definitely people who do pray wrong wrong. and just you know just ask ask a deity for things and favors please give me things (laughs) that is definitely a thing that happens I, I will. But the thing is, in a D&D world, that actually has a chance of directly working. working. Right. Like, it is entirely possible that that could be a cleric's origin story. It's just the fact so, that something happens and I the pray... person just asks, hey, God, you got my back? And it's then like, you yeah. just light beam from the sky and the impression of a thumbs up and they are suddenly a level one cleric. <laughs> this is how it'd be. <laughs> It it very well might be. That might be a little bit on the nose just for my particular tastes. It's like, okay, hey, well, what work. up, uh, boy? I'm, I'm, I got your back, man. I'm here. If you need help, just give me a, a, a holler, you know? Uh, God of the South. <laughs> <laughs> it's all going to be fine. I got your back, buddy. <laughs> Thanks, God. <laughs> Thanks, God. Oh, my God. And honestly, that's something that is a kind of funny thing for me to think about. Uh In our world, we follow ancient writings to describe how most people worship a deity. Like, you know, we have, you know, the Bible, the Quran, the Torah. Just uh, I unfortunately don't know. Is there a name for the written scripts for Buddhism and Hinduism? Uh, You you shouldn't be asking me. (laughs) Okay. Well, okay, the point being, there are ancient writings for most religions, but in a D&D world, it is possible. So, okay, I'm just going to assume, for the sake of argument, that we're playing in a D&D world where the gods are known to exist. There are going to be variations of that, but that's not for this consideration, this Mm -hmm. discussion. So the gods exist, and it is possible for them to send messages, send dreams, Walk the damn world themselves. Mm-hmm. It's interesting to me to think about how that would affect worship because you can literally have, you know, Moradin come, you know, come to the <laughs> land, come to the dwarven city they... and just say, like, hey, hey, you're doing this one a little bit wrong. Uh, this this word got mistranslated a couple hundred years ago. That if you could uh, just <laughs> correct that translation, I'd really appreciate it. It's like, 
well, how did this fan fiction get snuck into my my writing? What what's this? <laughs> what is this? <laughs> get it off. Yeah, like when I sent this sent this to the third dwarven king, you know, twelve hundred years ago. Like why why was creative liberty taken? I I gave a direct translation. It's like you guys still have the tablet. Like sure, it's a little archaic dwarvish at this point in time, but look, it's it's right there on the wall behind you. How do you not have this? Oh. How do you have this so wrong? It's like I don't, no nobody can read that anymore. <laughs> uh fine. Roll his eyes and it just translates to modern dwarvish. Uh. Like, all right, and like he just takes out a notepad. Note to self: check in every century or two to see if writing drifted too much. Oh boy, that is amazing. <laughs> and like it it's weird to think about, like in a world of active gods, to just that that can be a thing that happens. Like that is mind-boggling to me, but also potentially quite fun because in a lot of D&D world, trickster gods exist as well. So you can entirely say that the way to worship a trickster god is that either A, you have to just play a trick on someone else, or B, that you just have to do something that embarrasses you, and that is proving your devotion to the trickster god. And I think that that latter one could actually be quite interesting, because then you have <laughs> some significant population of the world, potentially, whose literal method of worship Masochists. is to, em no, 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 to embarrass themselves. <laughs> because... Could you imagine the chaos of, like, a church service of such a faith? Right, holy shit, because everyone right. will be stumbled. And now everyone will take five minutes for the devotion to our Lord Loki. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like people just doing the weirdest shit. And then imagine, like, you can just throw that to your party, even if they just happen to be in such a place for reasons. Oh and then God. it literally is, you just have to do something silly for the next minute to describe what your character is doing in this service. <laughs> like, it is something that is so open-ended that it just can be anything. And as does come up so very often on this show, Anything that does have an infinite variety of options is something that I enjoy the idea of. So I do actually want to just kind of go down, like not the full list, but just a little bit to just think what might be some of the methods of worship for some of the more common just D&D &D deities. So, OK, so I mentioned Moradin a moment ago. So uh, as a refresher for you, Nathan, because I doubt you know who that is. Some dwarf guy. I'm OK. Do you did you know that before or because I said that a minute ago? No, I knew that already. Like he's Yay, like Dwarven Forge guy. Yes. Yeah, correct. So he is often uh, portrayed as a deity of creation. So what kind of things might someone do to express worship for Moradin? Making things. Yeah. And Whoa, that would be cool. Holy shit, I just realized. It? Because then you would have so many magical items for certain deities because that's how you worship them. So funny you should mention that, but you're skipping ahead a little bit. So you immediately think magic items because you think, you know, D&D &D mechanics for once, which is weird. But anyway, the thing is, though, creation does not at all just mean magic items. 
So it could literally be that, like, you have some just, like, you know, old dwarven granny who just, like, you know, knitted a scarf and, like, again, exactly what is done with all of these potential created things is also just something that you can choose for your world. So maybe it's the kind of thing where to show devotion to Moradin, you know, every month, let's say, you are to donate some, you know, crafted item to the Church of Moradin. So then you could have, like, maybe you do have an artificer that actually is willing to give, like, a magic item every month. Maybe you just have, like, you know, a little old dwarven granny who just, like, knits a handkerchief or a scarf or some such every month. I just thought of, like, another another one where he makes... Uh, many many uh like iterations on the single thing and then every month he he produces like hundreds of them each one with like slightly worse than the other <laughs> and then he just like donates every single thing except for the the best one which he keeps on his store <laughs> again though in a world of active deities you could actually have that be a thing of just the realization that maybe it is more valued by Moradin the more effort the thing that was donated took so, like, maybe someone donates, like, a quilt that has been in their family for two generations. And, like, that is something with immense sentimental value. And, like, that's the kind of thing that might, like, have Moradin smile down on you for being willing to do such a thing. Versus, you know, the guy who technically might donate something more valuable, but it means nothing to them. And so does not mean as much to Moradin himself. Like, it's, it's interesting to think about the many, many ways of how you could use such things, how you might treat such things, but also just how active do you want your deities to be? So actually, that probably is a tangent that is worth some discussion here. So Nathan, let's just say on average, how active do you think a D&D deity would be? Pretty active. Uh, but not a, nearly as active as mo like my my own deities. Uh, yeah. So let me rephrase to give more specific examples. Right. So let's say that a deity is getting worship from you know all over the globe. Like, how often would they do or say something in response to such things, or what might trigger a response from a deity? Most uh high level. Um, people in the church would have heard something from the deity, and and like maybe one out of every thousand, hundred, I don't know, thousand people might have heard something in response. So, what about if you do have, let's say, a higher magic world that has, you know, a hundred million people in the world? Just keeping up with everyone would make that deity rather busy. Well, but it's an automated of... call service. <laughs> If you ask the same, <laughs> if you are giving a donation, hoping to receive the blessing of Moradin, please press one and throw your sacrificial item into the fire that will appear in front of you. <laughs> oh, actually, uh, speaking of fire, that reminds me. So, uh, just sticking with the Moradin example for convenience' sake, really, what happens to? Things that get sacrificed. And of course, what is sacrificed? It, we'll, we'll get more into that in just a sec. So let's say that, okay, Moradin, god of creation, is it the kind of thing where he just wants things donated to the church that gets then used to help people in need? 
Or is it the kind of thing where there's just like some massive bonfire in the church that is just what has all of the sacrificed things tossed into? So now is where we might get a little bit metaphysical. Why do gods, why are gods worshipped? I don't know. <laughs> well, it's up to you as the DM. There's a few different ways that such things can be done. So the direct thing would be the idea of deities actually gain power from worship. Because again, if a D&D &D deity is an active being, then they are alive. They have power. You know, they might even be attackable and killable, just Wait, depending on Ravi, your I world. I just thought of something like really minute, uh -oh. right? Wouldn't it be cool if you just had this really like uh, deity focused world? Where if you made a prayer in the in, at, at like um, in the day, right, to a de certain deity, and gave depending on what you like donate or whatever, so and so forth. Um, at some point in the day, the player can, if they can argue the case, can get a <laughs> advantage on a roll or something like that, <laughs> based off on their prayer or something. That could be a thing. It's like things seem to turn out well. Funny you should mention that. Um, there are rules for such things, but again, uh, you're skipping ahead. I'm not doing this intentionally. <laughs> I know you just don't read the book to know. Uh, <laughs> I don't think but I should anyway. be proud of that, but okay. Uh, no, no, you shouldn't. Anyway, purpose of worship—that's where you took me away. So, in a active deity's world. Worship might actually be a literal source of power for a god. And honestly, you could even potentially go a step farther. Have you ever heard the phrase, belief shapes reality? I mean, belief, yeah, that works. So that might be literal in a D&D &D world. Again, just depending on the rules that you, you're, that you as a DM decide on. It is possible in some D&D &D worlds, let's say that there's a folk hero who you know becomes a powerful adventurer and then eventually you know becomes really strong and then sacrifices their life to like defend some country from some like massive big threat and like this is the kind of thing that might be like a pc potentially just that you know does just die towards the end of a campaign and then all of a sudden you might have like a couple hundred year time skip and tales might be told of that person and rumors might start that, okay, on that person's deathbed, you know, the gods blessed that person and rose them to, to the heavens to ascend themselves as a new deity. And the thing is, there are worlds where the sheer fact that the story gets told that people might start to believe that fact as a fact instead of a story might make it be true. I like it that. It is That's literally fun. possible to create a god by the power of the Holy shit. Can, can you imagine if this became like that became known and like um different countries would try and build their own gods? <laughs> well, even besides countries that would explain why cults exist pretty easily. Because if you have a cult where you have some charismatic individual just trying to either A, persuade enough people that they are 
like a weakened god trying to, you know, reascend to their true form. Like if you just, you know, give them all your golden belief. But uh, or it could be the idea of the gods that do exist have that power because of the worship. Worship might actually be the source of a god's power in some D&D worlds, which to me is very interesting to think about and actually is something that I have made use of for my own world, actually. Like, the idea of, okay, so if you do have, like, 10 million people that believe in one god and just put, like, full worship, prayer, all those things towards that god and another god that has only 1 million people, it makes sense to me that the more worshipped god would be more powerful. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Coriant has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Coriant has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Coriant's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Coriant.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Coriant.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So, have you ever heard the phrase divine rank? No. <laughs> All right. So, it's something that actually has existed in D&D for, I don't actually know how many editions, but more than a few. But it is literally a rank for divine beings of how powerful they are. And there are actually, like, tiers of deities in terms of, like, okay, yeah, you might have, you know, like, from demigods all the way up to like an over deity that is you know a being like more like the christian god and everything in between like to actually have ranks of divinity to understand okay yeah so this individual might you know hear anyone who prays to them and is able to like empower clerics and that kind of thing but then you might actually have like lesser deities that aren't able to necessarily do all of those things but are more than mortal and honestly that's where cosmology and such can get very complicated so i'm not going to talk more than just mentioning that such things exist because i do think that that stuff is neat but it's complicated as hell anyway but the idea of worship being the source of a god's power that is interesting to me so again i am an outside in world builder so Nathan, can you think of implications of worship mattering that much? Um, pretty cool. 
<laughs> All right. Well, let me put it this way. What happens if a god is forgotten over a few millennia? I mean, that that would be pretty interesting because what, what you could do is um, the god uh, slowly loses their power, right? And then, but the thing is that they, they are forgotten. So it means that either they just fade and then poof, you know? Or what would be more interesting is that they are given a, a typical lifespan and they are, re- they are they're left down to being pretty much human, right? And this is their like last few years before they just die normally. And during this period, you can give it like just have it as like this grace period where they have like this chance to <laughs> regain their powers by convincing people or trying to get people back in. So that question in particular is one that I love to think about because that alone has so many angles of how you could potentially take a story. A campaign could easily be based around such a concept. So you can do exactly what you just said and just have the, you know, the fallen god just become mortal. Or you could also just say that, okay, once a being becomes a god, then they are immortal but they might lose their divine powers. How much would it suck to be an immortal being that does not have godly powers anymore, but to still be potentially completely unkillable? Oh, no, that, that's like when, when you have a subscription and then it ends, but you, you don't want to continue it, and then all your features are gone. <laughs> <laughs> As always, your way with words astounds me. But again, that single concept, though, can be taken in many ways. So, descended mortal, powerless immortal. Maybe they just become, quote-unquote, only a level 20 magic user of some variety. Like, exactly how you treat the rise and fall of gods is worth consideration. What happens if a god loses worship? What happens? If a non-deity becomes worshipped as one, what is done in the world when those situations occur is a massive part of world building. Because, again, in a D&D world, most of the time, gods are active. So it is mind-boggling to me that so little thought is put into how gods rise and fall. What happens? How do they get there? But then another question that I really love to think as well. So going back to the numbers I threw out a minute ago of, okay, deity with 10 million versus deity with 1 million worshippers. If deities know that they literally become more powerful with more worshippers, what are they likely to do? Pamphlets for everyone. Boy, that would be an amazingly petty use of divine power. Pamphlets everywhere. (laughs) I mean, uh, 
To me, that's a silly idea, but I mean, that's not impossible. It is entirely within a <laughs> Can you imagine? It's like, do you want your crop to grow better? <laughs> Hi there. I'm Johnny the Crop God. <laughs> I'm, the, I'm the God of nature. If you just send more worship my way, I promise you'll, your crops will increase by at least 20%. Oh my god, this is amazing. What's a percent? We don't have public education. <laughs> uh, 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 extra bag of crop at the end of the season. Uh-huh. Oh, that's awesome. Okay. Thanks, nature god. Yeah! <laughs> I love this. I love this. <laughs> I, I, I Actually, I, I want the campy D&D world. That's what I want. <laughs> actually, that is probably... Uh. That's worth a quick tangent, too. Most people treat the idea of gods and divinity really seriously. You don't have to. Because, again, especially in a world where they are, like, thinking, feeling beings that you can just directly talk to, they are likely to be more human than, like, the distant interpretation Can you imagine that most just people think of. Blasphemy is just people talking shit about politicians. <laughs> Essentially. Yeah, it, it's, it's interesting to think about. It's like, I, I don't like the nature god guy. He told me that he would give me two, like, like one more bag, but you know. And like lightning crop, bolt. <laughs> it's just like fucking dies. <laughs> yeah, but then, you know, Maybe that was a dwarf who said that, and then Morid is like, "Hey, that was my guy, you asshole." Well, he was talking shit about me. He got what he deserved. Okay, fine. You owe me five new worshippers to make up for him. Well, fuck you. That ain't how this works. Oh, really? Holy war time! Holy war time! Holy, Holy war! Holy war time! Yeah. <laughs> my favorite. Like, honestly, in a world where deities can become more powerful through worship, there's gonna be a lot of, well, they're not going to be, but there's potential for a lot more focus on worshippers. And gods being more active in just gaining worshippers, just keeping worshippers. So, like, the idea of just holy wars being a way more common thing it's pretty likely, actually. Yeah, in that, that kind makes of sense. Also, like, just just real quick, going back on the pamphlet thing. Um, can you <laughs> imagine, the, the, like, like the, the gods know, like, okay, these these people are hard to persuade. Let me go door to door. Yeah, that, I mean, could you imagine if a deity awokened like a thousand new clerics? But with the provision, like, you get cleric power, but, like, to but, treat it almost more like warlock, like, I will awaken a thousand new clerics. Oh, mate, mate, but can you imagine? You have, to, you have to try to convert at least yeah. three people a week. No, no, mate, that, that's actually how you level up in the game. You, 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 you gotta, okay, for, for every, it goes up in number, right? But, but as, as the number of people, um, the, the uh, more that's people. That's a little far from my taste. Yeah, but I just find it funny. You could make it work, and you could do such a thing, but that would just be silly. On the <laughs> other hand, of course, it is entirely within your prerogative to make such a campaign. Like, there actually was a just newer book just about, you know, 
more active gods, you know, mythic odysseys of Theros that has like a lot of information about just more active gods. And it is terrifying just if you consider how petty the Greek gods were just in pretty much any story that features them. But thinking of, okay, so if gods are active and pay attention to like the things within their domain, okay, so can a god then hear everything that is said within one of their temples, for example? Like, let's just say for the sake of, you know, consistency in our assumptions here, like, let's say that the gods are not omniscient, but they can see and hear everything in one of their temples, and let's just say around one of their clerics or paladins. And, like, maybe, like, a few more things if they have, like, something particular to them. Like, maybe there is, like, a particular holy forest that the nature god can listen in on, and, you know, that kind of thing. It is very interesting for me to just think about just those implications. Like, let's say, okay, I know that this forest is connected to the god of nature. So let's say, you know, bad things happen to, you know, your family, like classic adventurer origin story. You go to the forest and you just like, you know, kneel before them and just like you have no gold left to your name. You have nothing but the clothes on your back. But like you offer yourself into service, you know, for the god of nature. And again, like this is one situation that can be taken in so many different ways. Like maybe that could even be a druid origin story. It doesn't have to necessarily be you know, a cleric, as most people might assume. Like, maybe, like, the nature spirits that are talked about in a lot of druid lore, like, maybe they are lesser gods, or maybe they are aspects, you know, just fractions of a better-known god. Like, how your world works and treats such things, I mean, there's so, there's a lot, honestly. And this is the kind of thing that most dungeon masters just don't think about and i feel that they ought to because deities are beings that can have massive influence on the literal shape of your world let alone the cultural implications therein as well so thinking about how worship is done why worship is done is something that i feel can be a very valuable thing for dungeon masters to understand the effect of such things in and on their world. Thanks for listening to this episode of Rifts and Rules. Please leave us a review and give us five stars on iTunes. Also, support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash riftwakepodcast. Tiers start as low as a dollar, and even that much really helps us out. Supporters get benefits such as behind-the-scenes content, early access to episodes, access to the monthly hangout where you'll be able to chat with the cast, and even input on Rifts and Rules topics. Find us on social media, on Twitter, at Riftwake Podcast, on Facebook as Riftwake, on Reddit, on the subreddit, r slash Riftwake Podcast, and you can send us an email, riftwakepodcast at gmail.com. And that's it for today. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. 
Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.